Hey everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Sloby. With me, of course, my good friend Devious Vacuum. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> Never mind her. Oh, there, okay. Delicious Dr. Pepper. Uh, Dr. People. Dr. P. DKP. Oof. Right here. Right. Nine up. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep you, like, to third or later next time. <laughs> uh, my good friend Turbo C. Hello. <laughs> uh, my good friend Jim. Howdy. <laughs> my good friend Tolahoko. All I have is water. My good friend Aaron Ronan. Hi. <laughs> All right. So this, so this uh, sixty-six round table of visual novel book club comes into session. Mm -hmm. And I, I will be honest, I actually opened mine before the podcast because I totally forgot. So I, I am, I am the fool. It's just we just need that refreshment. I was, I was very thirsty, and I was wait, waiting specifically for a recording to open that can. <laughs> the things we do. I hope the audience appreciates that <laughs> that unnecessary noise in their ears. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what are we uh, what are we saying? What happened this time around? When we last when we last left our hero uh, Rintaro, uh, John Titer said he wanted him to be the Messiah. Mm -hmm. That's right. So that was a, that was big. Mm. And uh, Rintaro doesn't like that. No. He's not a fan. Apparently he looks up the the meaning in dictionary. Because <laughs> that's the first thing we're greeted with. Mm -hmm. The definition of Messiah. And then, uh, definition of Savior. Mm-hmm. So. But of course, I mean, we're a mad scientist. We can't be a Messiah. That's just, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, we want to plunge the world into chaos, not, not help it. Yeah. And Rintaro's immediate reaction is to sort of start doubting John Titer. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I, I don't believe John Titer anymore. He talk, I think he talks to Krisu about it, or, and and uh, Suzua, and uh, it's like, I, I don't think I. Every time you now that whenever anyone brings up Titer, he's just like, I don't, I don't think that guy knows. I don't think he's real. Which is tough then, because if the on all the theories of if this person John Titer, I can't think of any of the characters we've met so far who would think of him as a potential messiah. Yeah. No, I, he could be somebody's boss. Like he could be Suzuha's boss or Moika's boss, but not them. them not that person. Yeah, I mean, who knows, really? I mean, and also, it, it is still possible if that person has some information that we don't have yet. You know, so who knows? But I know one person who thinks of uh, Owen highly enough to call him a messiah. That would be Owen himself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the. Um... He is John Titer train. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm sorry, Turbo. That was. Sort of oh, I mean, I I know the answer of who John Titer is or isn't. So oh, I can't. Oh, I cannot oh. speculate at this point. Right. I say my my only thing about it is like Hoenn or uh, Rintaro now. I mean, is clearly like I am not the Messiah. Come on. So unless Rintaro undergoes some kind of transformation or gets some information that requires him to be the messiah or something like that, etc., etc., you know, then who knows? Um, unless, of course, he's sending himself messages in the past through Usenet or, or, or uh, Atchan or whatever, you know. Who knows? I don't know. That would be hilarious if they used the future teleportation to post messages back onto 4chan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god, like post, like, yeah, like all the John Titer posts. <laughs> <laughs> Just Those are just the shit-posting memes of the future. 
Yeah, what if he's not, what if he's not actually a time traveler, he's just sending messages back and not actually... What if really far into the future, like, it's, like, this is the equivalent of shitposting in the future, like, sending messages back and trying to change the past. What if they originally wanted to post it on something awful, but they couldn't figure out how to do the $10 <laughs> payment fee in, like, the few amount of bytes and all that? Oh my god, they couldn't they couldn't get a credit card that existed, you know, that sufficiently far back in the past? Right. I was gonna nerd out and be like, well, the, uh, the token they'd have to send along for the session, but yeah, no, that's a much better way of doing it. <laughs> So, in, so instead of being focused on that, um, the focus of this chapter shifts to uh, experiments to continue to try to change the past and see if, uh, it was specifically, Rintaro wants Krisu or Daru to try to change the past to see if he can still detect the change in the world line um, with his ability that he has started. To, he starts to actually call reading Steiner. Um, but it's his de- ability to detect the change. Um, and uh, so he says, well, one of you guys has to do it. And um, he really doesn't explain himself that much. Um, and and Kreisus is like, no, I don't want to do it. Um, I refuse to try to change the past. Um, she even is like, I don't, like, that's, this is who I am. And like, she, it's like she doesn't want to compromise the person that she is by like overwriting her memories. So, Rintaro's theory is pretty similar to one we had, like, a session or two ago, which is the person that initiates the time travel is the one that remembers, so that's what he's trying to do, is say, like, hey, Daru, send something back, and then tell us that something has changed. Which is a really easy way to pull a prank on, on, uh, on Rintaro. Fair. Fair. And uh, he, he also kind of starts to explain this to uh, the other folks as as he's asking them to do this, this stuff. And uh, so finally Dara's like, yeah, I'm in. I, I have an idea. I want to text myself in the past to help me win the Ferris Cup, the Raynet competition. Oh, that's such um, a bad idea. Yeah, and also, like, if it changed, he would have already experienced the reward, which is Ferris cooking him a meal. But he wouldn't have actually experienced it, right? right? Like, so he wouldn't really get anything out of it anyway. But well, uh, it, it depends whether he's going to be like Rintaro or not. That's true. Yeah, if his yeah. memories are overridden, um, right? But uh, so anyway, there's a there's a lengthy build up, and he does text himself in the past, and they're like, "Okay, here we go," and uh, and they do it, but. Uh, Nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing happens. We don't get the animation. Yeah, there's no, there's no like world line shift animation or anything like that. So there was not a significant change. And everyone remembers they just sent the the email. Yeah, yeah. And we even call up Mayuri and say, "Hey, did did Daru win?" Or Daru calls up and frantically asks if he won, and he lost right. in five seconds. Was it? Yeah. So, so absolutely nothing changed. So nothing changed. So he still, they, I mean, and that makes sense. Like, just knowing Ferris's opening move was not going to be enough for him to be able to beat her at, at this game that she's so good at. But it's important to know that he lost so quickly, right? That it's not even that he even beat the opening move. Like, he didn't even u- seem to utilize the information, right? Yeah. Or, or get it in the first place. It seems like this totally failed. 
Yes, so what I don't understand really is, is if, if they did succeed in sending the email to the past, and he did mm-hmm. get this email and he still lost, then why did he send it again? Because I do remember just sending an email. Because Quanta, he didn't, they didn't change the past enough to get to a new attractor field in a timeline. This is all my theory, by the way. Yeah, but he still, he still got the email in the past. It just didn't work. He, and he sends himself more. He sends himself more emails. Maybe he's just dumb enough to be like, all right, but this time, if I know the opening move, mm. I may have known it last time, but... Yeah, but almost immediately, like, uh, you know, Rintaro and, uh, and Kirisu are like, you know, yeah, you're probably not good enough that it would help anyway. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's more like in service of this joke that there was, there's nothing that he could do to beat Ferris at right Well, now. yeah, it does seem to be just part of a jokey thing, but if we're looking at it, like, from a serious standpoint, let's say that he did get the email, and now that timeline has changed ever so slightly. Maybe instead of being in one spot in the cafe, he was in a different spot, or he got there a little bit earlier or a little bit later to the point where it, it that information is no longer relevant anymore. I was, so... Yeah, that's that's possible, right? I was thinking more like it had more to do with like sort of the game's rules around the butterfly effect here. We're saying like like you need to do something that's significant enough that that's going to change time or that, you know, the effect's going to be felt or something will happen. Like it's sort of trivial, I guess, whether or not like Daru still loses, he doesn't get the meal. It doesn't really You have to do something like I don't know, maybe it has to be feasible enough or I'm not quite sure what the... You have to be good enough at video games to actually be <laughs> to change the path. Yeah, but I, I would think it would at least affect the fact that you just sent the email. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you lost. But, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on here exactly. It's a universal constant that Daru cannot win card games. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least he needs to know more. Well, they, they, they try several times. He sends himself more emails. Oh, he does? And, and none of them work. Yeah, he sends himself several. I thought he only did one. Yeah. Oh no, he goes on. He keeps going until until the phone wave stops working at around 7pm. Daru. Also, I'm late on this, but I don't see what he's... Yeah, I don't see what he's getting out of this. Especially if they're going on the hypothesis that he won't remember. That's even worse. Like, you didn't just not get it, you got it, but now you don't remember. But the thing is, too, like, I don't think they really fully get this like we do. You know what I mean? Like, to be totally fair to to these teenagers, it's like, you just figured out fucking time travel. Like, I would try this crap, too. (laughs) Yeah, and it's kind of, like, it's provable, but not, like, it's harmless, right? Like, and Mm -hmm. that's, you know. So this this is, it gets a little tricky, because Chris is on the right track where she's like, I don't want to change who I am. Like, she seems to sort of grasp the gravity of it, but like... She still has the other people do it immediately. I mean, she kind of... She yeah, exactly, kind of though. She's quite apocryptic about it, really. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, what? I mean, I don't want to change it for myself, but like, I don't know what changing the past will do to the whole fucking world, but that part's okay, I guess. I mean, they kind of saw it with the whole jelly man... With the whole jelly man thing, like... They've seen what paradoxes do. Like... I mean, to be totally fair to the story proper, right? Like, the proper response, if you really feel like time shouldn't be messed, is, is like, I have to take it on myself to destroy the phone wave so they can't even continue playing around with it because God knows what'll happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? But you couldn't have a story then, so... 
you know, you gotta allow for a little ideological sloppiness, I guess, in there. And, yeah. and plus, like, I have to imagine, too, there's probably some part of her that's still, like, we're on the breakthrough of a huge scientific thing here. Like, I kind of want to see it through. Like, I, I can kind of forgive this, is what I'm saying. But it is worth noting that it's it's a little weird. It seems a little weird on the surface. I will say, if I'm Daru in this situation, uh, I, I could understand why he wants to keep sending messages back. Because after the first one, you didn't just lose. You lost after cheating. So now yeah. it's a matter of pride. <laughs> that, like, now, now I need to win. Yeah. And the game does call uh, Kirsu out on it, like because Rintaro mentions to her several times, like, "Well, you still want to go along with the experiments, right?" And she's like, "Um, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, yeah. so it does acknowledge that, like, she's just completely hypocritical about this stuff. It just she doesn't seem to care as long as it doesn't involve her. Right, right. Yeah, she even mentions like uh, responsibility or culpability at some point. Like, you know, she doesn't want to be the one pulling the switch, but she wants to know what'll happen. Yeah, I wonder what she does in the future. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't want to be responsible for somebody being erased, either. Speaking of which, when Daru can't change the past sufficiently to win against Ferris, uh, they turn they, they start to turn to other people to, to help out, and, uh, and Mayuri doesn't want to do it, and uh, then... Uh, Rintaro's like, oh, who else is a lab mem? Oh, Moeka. And so uh, she contacts him and is like, I want to send an email. I think, is that the, is that after the choice you have to make? Because um, I think at some point, like, Chris is like, I gotta get out of here. And he's like... Oh, right. She 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 asks us to write a report. Yeah, sorry, I didn't write yeah. that in my notes. She's like, oh, keep going, keep trying, whatever. Just give me a report on it tomorrow. Bye. And and he's like, and Rintaro's like, a report? That's for lesser men. <laughs> also, to kind of back up a little bit, Mayuri is on board with it, but she can't do it right. Like, she wants to change things, like, what she wanted for lunch. Right. And it's too, too short a time. They can't get the email sent. Yeah. And they try to do one hour ago, which is one second of microwave, and that isn't enough to do a discharge. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, the only thing I think... So the only thing I, I, I found sort of noteworthy, and again, not knowing what's going to happen, is about the choice itself, is that we get a text from Chris, I think, while we're talking to Ney and Braun outside. Mm -hmm. Yep. And... And it's basically like, hey, did you write that report yet? And you can, like, respond with report, which is what we were supposed to do and what I did. But the thing is that, I like, Rintaro's response is something like, I'm not doing the report or, that's, you know, something like that. Which, like, I don't really get, see how that would affect, like, what ending you get or what story path you're on. I mean, I'm, of course, we're going to see it through, but I'm, I'll just admit to being totally, like, I, I guess I was expecting something more significant to have happened. So, um... But the, the choice I made you make is the is the one that actually leads you away from the true ending, because we want to sure. see the other one first. So the 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 actual option that would actually make things happen is, is not that one. Uh, yeah. Okay. Either way, though, like yeah, I guess I guess yeah, maybe one of the more options. I guess one of the right option is probably something more significant happens. But at this rate, uh, as far as we know, Rintaro is just like you know, I'm I'm not gonna write a report. Get out of town. I mean, I feel like. A, a document describing what the what how time travel works is probably significant in some way. I actually don't remember how that it is significant. So, but just having a paper trail, a physical like description of it, is probably pretty dangerous in 
what we know about CERN and all that. Hmm. So we return, Rintaro returns uh, to the lab, and or he's like, at some point, or maybe he, he's in there the whole time she leaves, and then uh, Moika the contacts yeah. the next morning, yeah, and wants to send a email. Just and she likes, she's even volunteers, like she's like, oh, I want to send a email, and um, before we even ask, and Rintaro's right. like, yeah, perfect. Great, you're a lab mem. This is perfect for this experiment. But she's idiot. like, oh, but I want to send a secret email, and and Rintaro and Chris are both like, no. <laughs> like, Thankfully, that's not how an experiment works. Yeah, like I get it would make the story much more intriguing, but like I'm so glad they didn't go along with that because that's. Like... I'm not convinced. I sh- I think she sent herself a coded message, basically. Mm. Or did they actually look at what she typed? I don't think they ever did. They just believed her. Yeah, here's the thing. They she so, showed them a message, and the message was um, like something like, "I don't like this new phone that I have. I'm going to try to convince myself to purchase a different phone." And um, or to not replace the phone, to just keep her old one. Yeah, and I'm pr- well. Actually, well, we'll get to this, but it could easily be that she sent a different message because she's super fast and she could have written yeah. another one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so we don't. Yeah, so that. But the the story is that she's sending that message, and uh, you know, so the discharge phenomenon does occur. The timeline changes from zero point five seven to zero point five two. So, uh, and then we wake up and she's gone. And so it went the the percent divergence went down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It went closer. That's right. It did go down. So, so my theory about this is that she uh, decided that she had changed allegiances somehow, and she decided <laughs> to undo it because she was in too deep, and uh, and so she returned from her her mission. Like she went back to the future, if you will, um, and then, so the divergence decreased because she wasn't supposed to be there anyway because she was a time traveler, and so now she's. She's gone and not present for that time, which is more aligned with how it should be. That's, that's my theory. So, funnily enough, um, I, I totally bought into the drama here, meaning that, like, I, it didn't occur to me at the time I read it that she maybe have, had sent a different message. So, when she's gone, because Rintaro kind of starts to panic because he's like, did we just wipe her out of existence? Like, what the hell happened here? And nobody really remembers. Yeah, nobody else knows who Moika is. They never met her. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of like, holy shit. And I figured she wasn't gone, but like, I totally bought into that what the fuck did we just do here kind of thing, you know? And then he checks his mail history and he sees that the last email he got from her was from a few days ago, even though in the previous timeline she sent him like a lot of emails later after that. Mm-hmm. So he had met her in this timeline, but she disappeared four days ago, I think. Yeah, so she never actually spends any time at the lab. She doesn't get involved with any stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was her thing. She's like, I don't actually want to be involved in this. It's too dangerous. So I have a question. And maybe maybe somebody who paid closer attention might be, be able to answer this. Her thing was that she bought a new phone. Mm-hmm. Did she buy that phone after meeting Rintaro? Because if she didn't, 
I mean, in a in a panic, Rentaro's. Yeah, she said she said she bought it like three days ago, and she sent a message on the thirty first. Yeah. Okay, because Rentaro panics and sends her a message, and they receive a uh. reply. So if they received a reply, it's the same phone, but it's sounding like it's that's that checks out. Well, it's a, it's an email address. You can transfer it from phone to phone. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, I was gonna say right. number, but that's right. It's an email. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's not a phone number. Yeah, they're sending him emails to another. Yeah, he he, right. They mentioned that specifically. He doesn't have her number. He only has her email address. I see. So my my immediate theory was that um, she ju- she sent herself a different message about where the IBM fifty one hundred is, mm-hmm. and they don't actually have it now. Oh, they didn't look. Mm. No, they don't look. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because she was talking about it, and she asked where it is. Yeah. So she sent she sent a message about where it is to her. She she got she, she actually got it, and she didn't have any need to email Rintaro anymore after that, or to go yeah. to his lab or anything. Right. Yeah. That's, that's my right. theory. I didn't. That's a good theory. And that's why she would blow him off, saying, "Oh, I'm busy right now." Because yes, yeah. she's busy. She's got the fifty to one hundred. And he's the only one who would actually even have any. Oh, well, I don't know. If even I don't know if she would even know that he knows. Right? Like, does she actually know that he realizes timelines change? I'm not sure if he mentioned that to her. Because, as far as she concerned, she quite thinks that she got away with it scot free. And why wouldn't you? Right? But like, but he knows that she, once he finds out, he'll know she'll she'd stolen it this way. Although we haven't established yet whether or not his theory is correct that a person who's who is involved in the time travel uh if if they remember because hmm. keep in mind this is the first successful we don't know what her results are he does remember this time even though he wasn't involved in the actual sense yeah. of the email right we yeah. know that he is always able to we just don't know if the person involved is one way to look at this is that if she's an agent of cern by the way right and john titer is going against them a completely convergent timeline, like a zero, zero, zero timeline, is the one Titer's trying to change, right? Yeah, the one where so Cern wins. So to that end, right, so to that end, when the timeline decreases, like it did in this one, that means Cern's winning. Ooh, that's a good point. Um, actually, I don't think that, I think it's the opposite, because Cern wants his time to, or, um, oh yeah, Cern's winning, Titer's losing. Yeah, Cern wants yeah, to maintain right. this timeline, yeah. Titer wants it to hit 1%. 0%, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I thought Titer said the zero is based off of their original timeline. Yeah, the origi- but I, it's the original timeline from whence they traveled, right? Like, right. Like, yeah. their time travel. Yeah. So zero is the dystopia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Technically, we've gotten closer, actually, from the beginning. The beginning of the game, technically, we're at, like, 1.5, I think, where Chris was dead. And then... When Rintaro jumped, and we don't know how that happened yet, that went all the way down to, like, zero point, uh, I forget, six or so. Well, then, that's an easy solution. Just stab Chris. <laughs> well, we don't have... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that'll be the next thing. Uh, <laughs> so, let's see. Um, he So, Rintaro, after uh, realizing that he ch- made such a significant change in uh, the trajectory of, like, the lab members and stuff like that... He has kind of a breakdown. Nobody really believes him, so he kind of like does a big show about this reading Steiner power and his ability and how it's slowly making him uh, more and more disconnected from causality. It's like very obvious. Like every time he does these like asides where he's talking into his phone, 
Like, it's so obvious. Like, it's very, tr- it's very transparently just, like, venting what he actually feels and is afraid of. Like, and I think mm-hmm. it's, like, it's becoming more and more transparent as time goes on. Because he just, like, literally is like, oh, I'm worried I'm being disconnected from time. And everyone else is an asshole because uh, it's really, really obvious. Like, obviously a cry for help. Um, and so he uh, does that. And everyone else is like, would you calm down for a second and just, like, talk about what's really going on? And, um... Holy yeah. shit. We're gonna... Eat. Oh, God. <laughs> what? I feel like... You sound like you've realized something. Like, I feel like we're gonna reread this, and it's gonna turn out that, like, him talking to himself is kind of, like, some weird manifestation. Like, the organization is, in fact, CERN and the agency talking about it. And they're listening to him. Yeah, like, this is gonna- this is one of those things that would make sense on, like, a second reading or something like that. Oh, yeah, Uh, I've I've felt that way for a while. Yeah, Yeah. the asides. Oh, yeah, we, uh, we also, uh, mentioned last session that, um, we're not sure why he doesn't just call the organization CERN, uh, and actually- when he's doing this aside into his phone, he actually, or maybe just internally, he actually mentions CERN and the organization in the same sentence as two separate entities. So, yeah. there's still a disconnect there. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think that, I mean, he talks about, like, like the way he talks about the organization seems more like, like the 1% kind of kind of thing. Where, like, they might be, like, they, I, I don't know if they're gonna, if they're gonna converge and be, like, the same entity ever, or if it's, he's, yeah. It'll yeah. be interesting to see what it does. Because um, it's such a reflection of, like, his mental state, all of his, like, the state of his delusions. One thing I like about this chapter is that there's, he has these moments where reality's kind of, um uh, creeping in on him and he's like okay i i may have just erased somebody i'm kind of freaking out and he's trying to especially when he has the time jumps where everything is just wrong and nobody remembers anything and he's trying to talk to them and explain to them and they can't tell if he's just fucking around still or not yeah Uh, i I love that this game made that the protagonist like the the protagonist that we have is already somebody who everyone's predisposed to be like you're just fucking around (laughs) yeah it's like a the boy who cried time travel really such a kidder in taro it's like my favorite like narrative thing about this game like in, in writing choice about about this game so let's see the next uh the next thing I have written in my notes is Krisu being really nice to Mayuri and really mean to Wright and Taro is by culture. So I think that's when she was like, oh, Mayuri, you can like come hang out at my hotel and we'll like have a sleepover party. But not any of you, dumb boys, you can't get lost. And uh, <laughs> and then they they head out, but Rintaro like walks Mayuri out the door. And uh, Mayuri has another moment where she, like, talks to the sky or whatever he calls it that she does. She looks up at the sky, and right as she looks up at the sky, there is a shooting star. And she says, do you remember when uh, we were little and you had a really bad fever? And uh, he had a really bad fever during the uh, New Year's uh, in the year 2000. So the Y2K thing, and, and they were so excited to see, you know, what was going to happen, but he was sick, like really badly sick during that time. He was out, he was out for a month. 
Yeah, he had a fever for a month, is is what they say. So something he w- really. He was unconscious for a month. Ah. Oh. Yeah, he almost died. I also, I can I kind of take over this one for a second because I yeah I really like this scene because Mayuri has this really deep kind of it, it's meant to be an, an emotional moment where it's like you almost died but. I looked up at the sky with my grandma, and I, my wish was that you would get better, and I repeated my wish three times, and the shooting star came, and then you were better, so it's like I saved your life. And Rintaro's immediate response is, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, I didn't? No, you didn't. Where's your proof? <laughs> it's like, you dick, come on. Yeah. It's so indicative of their relationship, too. But it's it was very sweet, and uh, and it and also she says when you recovered from that fever, you described uh, a a feeling similar to the feeling that he described earlier when he felt the world line change, and yeah. so suddenly. Rintaro is like filled with this, with like further proof in this idea. Like, did I, I did feel it back then. Like, was that the same feeling? If that's the same feeling, then I've always had this power, this ability to feel the world line change. And also, the year 2000 uh, would have been, is that, that's when John Titor originally was there, right? Oh, uh, 2000 or 2001. Or was that was 2001? What changed in the year 2000? Yeah, I mean, there, there has to be something there, right? I, mean, I, I, I try to theorize, but I can't. I have no idea where the game is going there. Maybe it's like literally Y2K. Like maybe like the the things that everyone mm. was afraid about oh, happening, like it went ba- went back and and fixed it so that didn't happen. Oh, so like Y2K was averted. Oh yeah, yeah. with the IBM 5100. Yep, oh, which would make sense. Yep. It all ties back in. And just the idea that, like, oh, the first time they sent a time traveler back was to avoid the crisis that occurred then. Like, some big, like, you know, apocalypse that occurred because of all the Y2K fear. Yeah. But it put us, instead of of saving us just from the Y2K, it put us on this track for CERN. I mean, I feel like the the problem is even... It's funny because we had talked previously about how preposterous it is in a way that CERN would be an evil organization. But, I mean... This is pretty absolute power, right? I mean, like, anybody yeah. who has this is... is. I'm not saying you trust scientists all of a sudden. <laughs> Don't right. get me wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, if anybody could corrupt CERN into being an evil... Or if anything could, it's probably access to a working time machine. Yeah, I mean, it's more just like the CERN is the Illuminati. <laughs> no one, No yeah. one thought that, which is just what they want you to think. And it's also right. just, like, the distance, right? You have that much power. You understand something that so few people understand. Um, you know, it can distort your view of the value of human life, right? So, yeah. yeah. And as you correct things, like, maybe in the beginning, CERN is actually a very well-meaning organization who starts off just fixing problems that have caused massive, you know, in the future will cause massive destruction. So they go back and they... They fix the Y2K virus, and they fix something else, and suddenly, boom, now the timeline they've diverted onto is that we are the totali- to, uh, totalitarian regime that's in control of everything. Right, yeah. That's that, cl- that's that like kind of classic story of it, like you're saving the people from themselves by controlling them or whatever, you know? Yeah. Classic CERN. Maybe that's maybe that's what this dystopia is. CERN has corrected every single thing that went wrong in the past, so there is no free will anymore. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
Oh, like the moment something goes wrong, they just go back in time. They go and back fix and it. fix it. So that's why you would live in an idyllic society with no war, no anything. Everyone is provided for, but no one has free will because anything you do that results in a bad uh, result, that, like in a bad thing that's going to go happen in the future, they'll just go back and fix. Oh my God, that's worse than you can't even do it technically. Yeah, you can't even do yep. it because they're, right. gonna get you, they're always going to be one step ahead of you. Right. Do, do you think they would erase people from? I, I think that I think they might not even. Yeah. I think they might not even be trying to do that. Like from the way we've had it explained, paradoxes, like the universe will pitch a fit if a paradox happens to the point where they will just erase people from existence. But, but that's the thing, right? Because the universe will make the paradox. It'll, it'll clear up the paradox, right? But the time traveler is still in control, technically. Like the time traveler, like the universe didn't make. Uh, Luca lose the the lottery or whatever, but it, it like it fixed it such that that didn't cause a problem. Right, but I imagine once you try to start changing bigger things, it like like the universe will stop trying. It's like okay, if you're going to do that, I'm just not going to play nice anymore. Boom, this guy doesn't exist. I think I think the universe. I was actually reading about this too. Like I think the universe is basically going to stop impossibilities from happening, like mm. grandfather paradoxes and things like that. But it's not necessarily going to stop you from doing what you want to change, unless it were to directly cause that, I suppose. You know? Right. Like the universe let let Moika do whatever she wanted. Like, get, get the IBM 5100, maybe. You know? But if that knowledge would have caused a paradox, that's what's going to be corrected. The paradox, not the actual effect. Right. So, my, my, like, my current theory with this uh, is that, like, you can change time, but not you don't get exact specifications of it because you have to figure out how to do it unparadoxically and the universe is going to try to fix it in its own way. So you, you can kind of get roughly there. Well, and I'm still thinking you need some... I And this is just me personally. You still need a jump. You still need something big enough that actually will cause like a significant enough change for it to take. But isn't any change to time a paradox? Like if you, if you are willingly wanting to change time... Then that itself is going to take to create a paradox every time, no matter what you do, because you'll create a you'll well, you'll create a timeline where you don't have to do it anymore. No, no, no. But what, so in in a classical sort of time loop kind of paradox, yeah. But what's happened now is the timeline's been rewritten. You don't have to go back in time anymore because what happened, it happened now. So like other like other time travel stories like Terminator like there has to be some kind of loop involved where something in the future happens in the past so it can so the time travel can happen again in the future and it's like a cyclical thing. Say, yeah, here though, here th here though, what's happening is you get a text in the past you'll never know from where, and it never has to be sent again. It's there now. It's the Donnie Darko kind of thing. Like this is the timeline. Period. The end. Right. It never has to be happening again. Hmm. Yeah. Whereas, like, otherwise, you get, like, the, the Back to the Future 2 thing where he draws on the chalkboard with, like, oh, this is the timeline here, and then we went over here, and, you know, like, there's these branching paths of timeline, but you don't need that if the universe is just going to correct everything back to one. Yeah. So, I mean, theoretically, if you had perfect control of time travel, and you did everything that you wanted to do, you corrected every mistake, there would still just be the one timeline where you didn't have to do anything. Everything is just perfect. Right, like bringing it back to the Terminator example of like, which is is, a, is they sent you send Kyle Reese back in time to pretend John Connor's mother, but they have sex and they make John Connor. So now what? This would be like Kyle Reese appeared out of nowhere, and his experience will never be explained. 
they, he never has to be sent back now. Because that's just, he's here, that's just that. The end. In, in Terminator timeline, though, he has to be sent back over and over again. And then we also have the complication of attractor fields, which I'm still not sure exactly how they work into this. So if, if you go over 1%, then, then there actually is a, a really separate timeline where things are different in a major yes. way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it has to be significant enough. Is, again, my, my theory, personally. So, like, Daru can, fine, Daru can give himself a move, whatever, but it's not enough. It didn't change the timeline. Butterfly effect didn't happen. The rest of the time is going to go some way it's going to go. Yeah. Moeka did change it enough uh, for the, um, like, world line to change, but it still didn't go past 1%. In fact, it, it got lower. Right. So It went back to... It went back to... A, so, some. it seems presumable that something diverged where... The divergence is, maybe, possibly, Rintaru gets the IBM 5100. Or Luca's Shrine. Or, no, 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 just Rintaro is what we know, right? For sure. Or it just confirms that Moika's a time traveler and that, that her involvement has caused a divergence. And now she removes herself from the equation. And keep in mind, well, keep in mind too. This isn't like a two-dimensional thing either, right? Like the timeline could be closer to the timeline tighter diverged from, but that doesn't mean it's like she undid something either. It could be like a totally different branch, but it happens to be like closer. Like if you think about it three-dimensionally, like it rotates around, and yeah, it's a little closer, but it's different. Oh yeah, like the uh, the second rock phenomenon. Like if you if you th- eventually if you threw a rock at a bird and it hit the bird. But then you threw a second rock and knocked that rock aside, but it still hit the bird or something. You what, know, like, what scientist you know what is, is... Wait, hang on, hang on. What scientist is going out into the field? Oh, I've got a new theory. Just throws a rock at a bird. What? You never heard second rock bird theory? Here, hang on. Let me explain my kicking small dogs theory. I have a computer science explanation for you. It's like, uh, it's like fitting a model, right? You can overfit a model. That's what 1% mm. is. So... If you have a if you have a model, if you imagine like a graph of a line, right, a world line, if you will, um, and then you're trying to create a curve that fits the data points that you have, right, and you want to make a best fit curve that's going to to closely map to the data points that you have, so you keep adding data points, right, to this model, this line, um, and if they're within a certain uh, variance then your line's not going to change, or it'll change a little bit, and that's fine, right? But if you have an outlier, um, in this case, perhaps an outlier of greater than 1%, then it causes a significant change to the line, right? The equation changes, and that's what that's what they're trying to do. So the tricky thing is when, what I guess, like, what, yeah, like, when you imagine this two-dimensionally, it's easy to say, like, something like the 0% is, like, an x-axis, and we're kind of rotating around it or, or trying to converge on it, or maybe it's diverging away. I'm wondering, though, if it's just, like, an n-dimensional thing where it's like, yeah, okay, this is closer, but it's actually, like, on the other side. Well, you can have convergence and divergence in n-dimensions. Sure, but, like, how much... No, I kind of get what you're saying. It's like we're getting closer, but not in the same way. Like, you could be at at the same divergence, but in a completely different spot. I mean, my problem, too, is I'm trying to argue my theory for it, which I don't know is accurate either, right? So, okay. I can see overfitting the model. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm less clear on, basically, 
is the timeline we've diverged to now, right? Is that closer to Titer's original timeline than we were at the start of the game? Or did this diverge, like, in a different direction entirely, but it's still closer, or does it not really matter? Did Mocha undo something, or did she just create something new? I think for the sake of the, the story that it's trying to tell, I would guess that the number is closer to who's, what side is winning, because that, like, makes more narrative sense. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't even show the number. Rather than it just being arbitrary, yeah. But the thing is, then there's no other endpoint. Like, all you can do is get away from zero here. Like, we don't know if the, the quote-unquote winning or correct timeline is, like, 2% or 9% or or even what 100% means here. If it means anything, which it seems like it wouldn't, right? Well, but Titer said that that's what he wants is 1%. I mean, you know, it's just a story. It's a story element. We're not even at the part that is going to yeah. take up a huge amount of time, which yeah. is this next thing, which is the next day Luca shows up and wants to be a lab member. Or we, we finally ask her, Rintaro asks her to be a, a lab member. and uh, But Mayuri has invited her over yeah. Yeah, to try on... Finally, Luca has finally agreed to try on some of Mayuri's cosplay costumes. And we say agree pretty uh, generously here. It seems yeah. like uh, Luca didn't really want to do it, but Mayuri dragged them along. It's basically bullying her into... Do- Everybody bullies Luca. Everybody. Protect well, Luca. except for Karisu. Yeah, yes. She's the only good one. Um, so everything about this scene where Luca tries on Mayuri's cosplay is bad. It's a bad scene. It's... um. Yeah, it's it's the worst of the style of humor that we've seen so far. It's just not like that the humor itself is like the worst example, but it's just all condensed. Like all the bad jokes that we and the bad references, the that real good 2008 ass everyone hates anime shit. Mm. Like that is all in one scene. All there, and Mayuri goes and helps Luca change and Daru's like this is Yuri. And, uh, again, Rintaro cannot, cannot stop saying that Luca's a boy, cannot let it go. Um, it, there's a joke about Krisu finding out, um, Luca's, I guess, that, that Luca's assigned male at birth. And, um, she, like, to, also to her credit, she's just kind of like, eh. Like, she's, she's shocked, but she doesn't make, like, a huge deal about it, about it. Who, Krisu? Um. Yeah, she's like... No, she's very shocked about it. I don't know, I guess I just didn't get that from her delivery of the lines. Like, she, because she's like, she's surprised, but she doesn't go on and on about it the way that Rintaro does. She is very upset that Luca's cuter than her. Oh, you're right, you're right. She's like, she's like, I feel bad. Oh, no, she just says the thing where she's like, I feel like I'm a bad woman because this... Yeah boy is a better girl than me, which is fucked up, yeah. Yeah, she also finds it very difficult to believe. Yeah. And everybody kind of like, I don't know, I guess they think that's funny, that she can't believe it. I guess that, I don't know. It's, it's all bad. So, we didn't mention this, by the way, but the, uh, the cosplay that Luca tries on is, uh, and it's, it's just a dress, but it is very, uh, uh, a high-waisted skirt, I'll say that. Well, not high-waisted. It's a short skirt, yeah. It's a very short skirt. Which which is just feeding into, like, you know, other trans tropes that, you know... 
of the time period. But uh, this this goes a little bit too far. It's just it's just it's just it's an uncomfortable scene. Looking at it now, like this is what you you know if you at the time probably it was uncomfortable because like they really go way too far. It's a it's not very well written. Even if you just take out the the differences in uh, you know 2018 to 2009, it's just they they hammer it so much that it just it gets obnoxious. Yeah, and, and the whole thing, yeah, it's just, it's too much of, like, relying on you, the reader, to, like, think that it's funny to reference how this girl has a penis. Like, just, that that's just a, a great joke to make, and, and uh, isn't that weird? And it's just, it's disgusting, and it was disgusting back then, and it's disgusting now, and, uh, and also, I, I think it's... It's so like it's everybody's being weird to to Luca and um and yet at the same time like Luca Luca herself it just it just sucks because Luca herself as a character is um is an interesting character and like has real motivations and and isn't just a, a walking trans joke and they just want her to be that so badly in this scene, and it sucks. So I, I actually took um, took it a little differently because I think the only really horrible person here is Rintaro himself, and the game knows that. And that's what makes it so hard, right? Because he's yeah. the narrator. I mean, Mayuri bullies Luca, but she doesn't really care if she's a boy or a girl or whatever. Yeah. And uh, Dad, who actually treats her like a girl. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't. He also doesn't really care that she's actually made in in his gross way, in his own yeah, way. In his, yeah, in his in his gross way, where he but he is also gross about everything. In in, in his gross way, but but yeah, he's gross in every way. But he mainly treats <laughs> her as, as as a woman. I'm glad we can all agree on that. Yeah, and Krisu and Krisu uses the right pronouns all the time. Everyone calls Luca a girl except Rintaro. Yeah, and and Rintaro is the one who is like very grossed out by the fact that he's attracted to her and everything and. And I think the game is trying to like present it in a, in a negative way. It just it's just difficult because this is our narrator. And I feel like the world that these characters live in, like the world that these characters live in, especially because Luca's dad is like comes across as very supportive. Like it's like the world that they're in is definitely not as transphobic as Rentaro himself is. Right. Which is such an odd thing. The only joke that I think is closest to hitting is like and and this is only if you interpret Rintaro as really oblivious to like a- everything about gender and it's just you know sees Luca walk out like wait Luca why do you why do you have your legs shaved and it's, it's just if you completely uh, like like he doesn't get it yeah yeah he just won't it's just that that to me was like another like dagger cause it's like cause she's a girl you asshole yeah <laughs> But, and yeah, I'm not sure they... They definitely are trying, like Owen said, to make him out to be the uh, the bad guy here, in a way. Um, the thing is also that, that this, is, this is 2009 in Japan, and I think Luca herself is not really sure what's going on with her. With her oh, with yeah. Could she succeed, too? <laughs> I mean, she, when, when, when uh, Kurisu asks her if, if she's a boy, she says yes. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, 2009 Japan wasn't really very aware of, of gender issues. Um, it's because there's definitely a read of Luca as like, like a, a, 
trans girl who's 16 and she doesn't know she's not sure either like she doesn't know like you've got your whole society out here like thinking it's weird that you're that you feel this way and are this way and you don't know and you're just trying to figure yourself out and and that that uh interpretation also like leads into the next thing which is that they say hey luca do you want to do you want to change the past with a text message and she says that she does, and she wants to change the past so that she is assigned female at birth. And, like, she even says the line, which I feel like I've heard, ev- like, I've, so many trans women I know have, have, like, referenced and stuff, which is, like... Quintessential, yeah. Yeah, those, those story you know those stories where a guy magically changes into a girl overnight? Sometimes I wish that would happen to me. And that's, like, the, the quintessential narrative, yeah, of, like... Of like that that um, especially a lot of folks from from something awful that I know have said like almost that exact same thing. Basically, anyone that's seen that t- sort of media and is trans is like, oh yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. I wish that were me, but yeah. And the fact that that's included in the game, it's like, oh, like you know though. So why are you ri- why are you doing this other thing? Yeah, I, I was like when the right when I saw that, I was like. Do the writers know that they they hit the nail on the head with that that reference right there? I I, th- I think they definitely do, and I think this is actually pretty progressive for a 2009 Japanese game. They they put this in Rintaro's voice too. Rintaro is the one who asks um, Luca, "What is your biggest? What is your uh, most secret desire? What's your like? It's not even a what would you do if you could change time, but what is your desire?" And that's when Luca says, "I would want to be a girl." And Rintaro says, he says, everybody accepts Luca the way that she is. Like, Rintaro won't use the right pronouns, but he also is like, Luca, you know, everybody, like, everybody accepts you the way you are, and, like, the way you are is great right now, but also that your wish is valid. Like, like he says, like, yes. the perfect thing. And he also even says to himself, like, Luca should just get surgery. Yeah, he he gets very supportive, surprisingly. Yeah, and it, which is like this is a thing that that I that I think I get whatever Orin is saying about like you know the game itself because it's speaking through Rintaro as sort of like this this subjective narrator that we're we're experiencing a lot of this through because they put it in Rintaro's voice and then Rintaro is supportive so like like the scene does change around from a lot of a bad you know from they use Rintaro to make some bad jokes before you know kind of really bad jokes to now using Rintaro to say something supportive so at least there is an effort to to change the way this scene goes. It really makes me wonder what was going on behind the scenes when this was being written, because, like, yeah, it starts... And and this is how it handles Luca in general, like, where it starts to veer in a bad direction. The beginning of the scene is always bad, like Rintaro being like, no, he's a boy. But then by the end of it, he's like, oh, I support you, and, you know, we're friends, and I want to protect you, Luca, and all that stuff, and... Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder what, what was going on. I mean, is Rintaro just... I mean, it just sounds like Rintaro is certainly just very ignorant rather than, like, outright malicious about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, for all the weird things or all the gross things that Rintaro says, Rintaro, like, does like Luca and considers him a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly stems that he, he's, he's actually attracted to her in some way, and he doesn't really know how to end it. So yeah. he goes into the into the growth jokes territory, mm-hmm. and also a lot of people that like it, it's pretty common that people that are like self styled scientists will hang on to very very tightly onto the uh, bio truths. Yeah, that that sort of stuff. So right, like this 
this is my understanding of the world, and yeah. it's going to take a lot to shake that. Yeah, chromosomes are nothing, baby. That's that's his his worldview. I mean, yeah, I, I I guess too. If this is if Luca is Rintaro's only exposure to a trans person or anything, you know, any information around that, maybe I don't know. Maybe this is part of his personal growth journey. I mean, I think it's just her and anime are basically his only <laughs> yeah. reference points. So, and same for Daru, right? Which is why they're so shitty. But it, it like. Their accuracy to the time that they are from and the age that they are is separate than a writer's choice to make them that accurate. Yeah, I think the writers know knew what they were doing here. Um, I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt here. I just I don't know if I I don't know at the end at the end of the day I agree with the choice of like making it accurate to what you know an eighteen year old guy would believe uh, cis straight guy would believe versus like. If you know that that this is true, then like kind of, I don't I don't know I don't know if it's I still don't know if I agree with the idea. Like I could definitely also see it as like oh well we'll start there and then we'll slowly have him kind of work his way out of it and that'll be more like then our players will go through that as well and that might be helpful for them. Um, I mean it's it's it, I'm split in the sense that I think in a perfect world sure I, I would like. Rintaro to kind of go on this journey and be like, oh, I was being an asshole, Luca. It doesn't, you don't need time travel to be, or whatever, you know, to be who you are, da-da-da. And everything works out in, in the end. I also don't want the game to visit this too much, because so far it's been a real collar pull. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, compared to all of our, uh, like, technical talks and physics that right, suddenly... Yeah, oh, yeah, just... give me the SMT talk, or SMTP. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's... You know, it, it, it's tough. It's tough because we don't know where where the story is going exactly, right? Just yeah. yet. But it's it's a weird. I still think it's a weird choice. Like I I still don't know if I totally yeah. understand like the choice as a writer to be like I'm gonna err on the side of. I think it's just not understanding how offensive it really is to include that, right? Like oh, Japan doesn't Japan still doesn't understand how offensive some of these jokes are. I mean. Let alone in 2009. Yeah, but like with this good intention of like I'm gonna show like this like this this character's trans, but she's a human being and like you know she's valid and and all that stuff and yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of like um the the way that like in early 90s TV would address uh, gay people. Like it was, it was really like, oh, okay. There's like you know, it's it's really uncomfortable. Even writers yeah. who may have had good intentions. Like it's just like oh oof, these are just these are just kind of you know like stereotypical depictions even if they end up being good stereo quote unquote yeah. good stereotypes yeah even if they're like coming from a good heart yeah right yeah like see they're just like us but flamboyant like that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you went for like the positive angle but my mind just immediately went to like the really really sketchy like nineties Saturday Night Live stuff. Yeah, there's some... Yeah, I don't know how, how what good intention that was. No, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, there was no good intention there. No, 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 I, I, get, what, I get what you mean, Jim means, though. It's like, yeah. if you talk about, like, Will and Grace or something like that, not that I watch that, but, like, um, I know the, the one the one character on it is, like, flamboyantly gay, and it's, like, supposed to be like, hey, you know, look, they're friendly, you know, these yeah. weird people. They're just like us, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then there's the, there's there's Will the 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 straight looking gay one, 
the hugely straight-looking gay one who is just like does has like almost no gay signifiers and is played by a straight guy. So like yeah, yeah that. Oh, <laughs> I never. I'm thinking of the wrong show. Actually, then okay. No, there there is a very flamboyantly gay man in oh. in Home Grace too. Yeah, one of right. the major characters is uh, is Jack, who's the the flamboyant gay, and then there's Will, the the basically you know straight analog. But maybe that's I mean that's maybe what the writer's going for, right? Where it's like, see, like you know. Yeah, I was referring more to like before that because like even Will and Grace had at least advanced it a little bit, but like you know not mm-hmm. not that I'm saying Will and Grace was great in the late '90s for p- portraying gay people, but at least weren't they, they weren't they trying to reboot it like this year? No, oh, it, it it's out. Yeah, it they, it is on TV right now. Okay, is it decent? I uh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's go with the the rest of the story here. So that yeah. happens, but so Lucas Lucas desire here is to be able to send a a D mail back to the past so that uh, she was assigned female at birth. Um, and how do you uh, do that? How do you do that? Yeah. It takes them a really long time to ask the question of if they even had cell phones in Japan in 1992, which, by the way, is the year that Luca was born. Shoutouts. Well, how do you even uh, affect that? Bef- like, even if you could send a message perfectly back, how do you even make that happen? Yeah, this is another kind of... Oof. Oh, that's easy. No, that's simple. So, if you want your child... uh to be born like at a certain um, sex, there they have to eat vegetables or not or meat, right? Because if you yeah. eat meat, your kids you're gonna have a son. You eat vegetables, daughter. Boom. Yeah, and b- drink Bud Light too. Also, I want to go back to this. This is like this. This is something they read on like the internet. Like, there's no science behind this. This is a real teen thing, though, right? Like, I love this too. That they're like supposed to be all scientists, but still, like, nobody knows anything about pregnancy or how it works. And teens just like totally buy into, like, oh yeah, sure, that's how it works. Oh yeah, if you want a boy, you gotta eat green M and M's. I don't. I, I don't think they really believe it, though. Yeah, it's kind of like eh. It's a science genius. She's supposed to be a science genius. Yeah, I, I'm just surprised that they're more just that they even let her send that text message to eat more vegetables, like versus just being like, "That's obviously not true." So, like, we like, there's no way we can do this. But maybe they just don't want, like, they don't want to let Luca down. They want to let Luca at least try. No, they have nothing to. They have nothing to lose. Yeah, and there's, it's not like they had any better options. At the at the very least, they sent they they figure out how to send messages to Luca's mother's pager. And what's, what's the message? They they talk a lot about what message they can even send. Yeah, they talk a lot about what each byte will be and how pagers work and how it needs to have two ca- two bytes per character and all these things. So we we are limited to a sixteen word message, I think. Yeah, because pagers in Japan at that time only could only get numbers, and then they had a system for converting numbers to hiragana, and you need you needed two digits for each character, and yeah, it's a whole story. So it's like eat veggies number four, a healthy kid or something like that is how it. Yeah. How eat veggies. Eat veggies. Yeah. Eat veg for healthy kid. But then it fucking works. They send it in the timeline diverges. It and, and it goes closer to zero from zero point five two three to zero point four five six nine. Nice. Nice. But that's where it ended, so we don't know what the effects are. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We'll find out next time. None of us actually stopped reading at this point, though, did we? I did, I did because I, I already did. know, but... Uh, 
I I read a little bit ahead because I had to know. I, shocked. I am absolutely shocked that Deepak read ahead. Holy crap. I am a little bit worried about what's going to happen, actually. That's why I stopped reading. What are you worried about? Well, I'm... I don't think it's gonna go off without a hitch. No, I'm I'm worried it's gonna do like the opposite. I'm worried that like uh, years and years in the past, yeah. Luke's mom was looking at her pager and swerved her car and and died. Oh, okay. <gasps> my my uh, I I I went a, I went like a little ahead, but I don't know too much. So I. Yeah, I, I will say that if you read only a little ahead, then you don't really get anything. Out no, of we it. don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 my guess, if like once the timeline diverges, holy shit, it works. Um, and now you know, so that and we get more awkward sex comedy or whatever. So yeah, uh, we're we're in for more awkward sex comedy, regardless. Yeah, that's pretty much guaranteed, no matter what the effect is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, who knows? I mean, uh. It's so I think though what was shocking was how much the timeline diverged. Because that's what yeah. makes me feel like other stuff other things happened that I mean if they, if they succeeded like changing uh, someone's sex from male to female is is a big change I think. And if we're talking about butterfly effect too, I mean that's it's 16 years ago. That's It stands to Yeah. Mm, it stands to reason yeah the farther back you change something the more it'll have a yeah, chance to that, diverge. That things. chaos theory stuff. And even if it didn't happen, like, if it didn't change anything, like, if it, if it didn't change Luca's birth sex, like, it could have changed so many, like, if, if they changed Luca's mother's behavior, um, like, there's so many repercussions that that could have just by coincidence, right? Like, just from all this other stuff, like, oh, maybe she got on a real health food kick and it changed the, the health situation of her or the whole family or whatever like oh it's just impossible to know yeah well okay oh okay i just thought of this so what if it changes did did they say how luca's father got the shrine or works at the shrine or anything uh, i'm not sure i think it's a like his family's always worked at the shrine like his father and their father and father well what if what if some for some reason he or Luca or someone is not at the shrine, meaning the IBM fifty one hundred doesn't get there or is not given to Mocha. Yeah, Mocha. <gasps> That's a big one. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, that, like because you know where that goes. Because it went back up. It went down to five two and then up to five six. So yeah. No, it went down. Right. It went down to four or five. Oh, it went down to four five. Yeah, oh. four five yeah. six nine. Yeah, it was it. So mm. it, it closer. The more we involve it. The, Perhaps the removal of the IBN fifty one hundred, the more it seems to get back closer to zero. I feel like we're. I feel like everything we've done. Actually, no. All the time jumps in this game have they all gone like closer and closer? I didn't write them down. Hold on. I have. Uh, what is it? Do you have screenshots of it? I think it went doing? up I, with the lottery. I have the, I'm looking at the. All right. So the very first time travel where Chris is dead and then like everybody disappears that we don't know what did that and the satellite moves or whatever mm. that goes from a 1.13 down to a 0 0.57 that's the most significant time change we've seen because that okay. was a real change the future thing if it was more than one so wait so 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 that actually went beyond one percent yeah yeah and tighter doesn't know right and it feels like that is a moment where there's an attack 
Like, it feels like, uh-oh, you know, like, CERN just launched an attack to try to get things back to where they need to be. To stop the press conference. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wait a sec. So then the next thing is the lottery, right? Yeah. That's, the ne- that's like, the first time it actually, like, works, Yeah, I, I think that's the right. first divergence that we see. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where that is. Um, future gadget library person. No, that's when they read the Jellyman report at the end of chapter two. Then in chapter three, um, the path. Here we go. So then, here we go. Uh, sorry. So then when we it's go okay, to the, we have li- the power of editing. Yeah, that's true. We. All right, the lottery. We send it, and it goes from five seven one zero two four to 571015. So, again, it went closer to zero, but, like, by, like, a ten-thousandth less, even. Like, a, a hundred-thousandth. Which, it was not a significant event, so it's not that surprising. Yeah. Right. So, it, it's gone down every time. Seems like the it, yeah. big one. Yeah. Everything we're doing is getting back, is, is undoing John Titor's divert. Or, we don't know, but getting closer to um, the original time that John Titor came from. Which, uh, why does that make sense for the lottery number? That involved Luca too. Yeah, yeah. Luca would have done something with whatever, like, or the the fact that Luca went out to play the lottery or whatever. Did we already have the IBM fifty one hundred at that point? Yes. So I'm not sure how it would affect it if we. Maybe Luca was out playing the lottery when Malika went in to take the computer. I don't know. Well, she didn't. Yeah. No, that would have been after. No. I don't know. We'll find out well, later. Do you kn- the universe, well, yeah, the universe had to have fixed that, right? Where, because originally Runtaro sends the message, no, has Mo- Moika send the message to himself, I think? Right? Is that how that goes? But then it really, it goes to Luca for some reason, and she messes up one of the numbers. Yeah, well, past Runtaro told Luca to play the numbers instead of playing them himself. Oh, okay. Yep. That's right. This is so heady. So, yeah, uh, we'll see, I guess. I feel like, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a, a point where they're going to have to be like, shit, we have to combat CERN by using their own methods of like, uh, like we have to specifically do things so that our behavior changes in the past so that we don't make the mistakes that we know that we made. Yeah. So we'll see when that, when that turning point happens. I, I learned a lot about quantum physics, by the way. Oh, yeah? You want to share with the class? Yeah. Got enough for everyone? I uh, I learned about the dual nature of light and matter. That's right. And as, as well as quantum observer effect, which... Quantum is, observer uh, effect is very cool. Yeah. I, I disagree. I hate it. <laughs> Why? Because it makes you think about God? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, actually, that we're all in a simulation. So, um... <laughs> Those are no, so, very similar impulses. <laughs> right. So, um, Einstein gets his, gets the Nobel... Well, we talked about quanta last time, right? Or I mentioned that? Mm-hmm. The notion yeah. that, like, yeah... Okay, so, um... I don't know if you knew that. So, basically, in classical physics, um, we get the speed of light, and we get the speed of electromagnetic waves, and it turns out they're the same. Therefore, ergo... Light's an electromagnetic wave, right? And it follows wave properties. It it diffuses if you put it in a prism. It diffracts if you put it through a slit. Like, do, like, a double slit experiment. Um, typically, like, if you think of a wave, right, it's, like, uh, 
it's a disturbance of in a medium that's just propagating outward. And it's not like it, it's tough to like kind of. I always kind of had in my head like a wave, actually, like a thing actually moving, but it's really this disturbance just propagating over and over and over again. Kind of like if you think of like a string, like making a wave like that. The string oscillates, but it's not like the string is actually moving forward or something like that. Or a drop of water hitting a surface. Exactly. Yeah, the water isn't technically moving outward. It's just oscillating up and down because it's been disturbed, and then it's. Causing like cohe cohesive cohesed water molecules next to it to oscillate with it. Attached, we'll call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, diffraction is like an interesting experiment too, because you've ever heard of the double slit experiment here? Yeah, if yeah. you basically if you put a wave through one slit, it like repropagates the wave. It's like the wave starts like conical again, like you would imagine a wave. If you put two next to each other. It causes what's called an interference pattern, which is almost like a checkerboard wave because the high part of the wave of one wave meets like the low part of another and they cancel each other out, but other peaks meet other peaks, which make them stronger and valleys, etc. Okay, great. But what the fuck? Somebody notices, I forget if it's burst strong wrong or what have you, but someone notices that light also does something that it's a wave can't, which is that it scatters a bit and it reflects, meaning that if you fire photons at an electron, it actually gives up some of its energy right. depending on the angle it hit, which is strictly a particle thing. Like, waves shouldn't do that at all. And the analogy is, like, a billiard ball hitting another billiard ball with, like, inelastic collision will impart some of its kinetic energy depending on the angle it was hit at and then go flying off somewhere else. So they're noticing light does that, too. But strangely, like, there's nothing in physics at the time that, like, acted like both a particle and a wave. And then also, like never at the same time. And the thing is that you can, it's not something that's wrong, like it just happens. Like, uh, I forget which is which, but like electron, or not electron microscopes, but like microscopes work, be, work because I believe like of the wave nature of light, but then x-rays I think work because of the particle nature of light, uh, mm -hmm. etc. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's like something provable, but we couldn't, but it was, it was kind of wild and we couldn't figure out how this could be, but it seemed like only that could be. Um. How, how detailed do you want me to get? You ever heard of spectrometers? This is great. Spectr <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if our audience has, but... <laughs> so, if you ever wonder, well, hey, I have a gas here, or some kind of element, how do I tell what <laughs> element it is, right? I can smell it or taste it, it's a gas, but you can also, I believe... And sometimes that'll kill me. That's the for people in the past. I want a piece of technology that does this. So what you can do, I believe, is heat it up to where it emits a white light, and then uh, believe you diffract it, the light that comes out of it. And interestingly, you feel like with, you should get this whole spectrum of light, like all the um, wavelengths of light spread out like a prism, but different elements have these vertical bands that appear in the spectrum. And strangely, like, every element has its own little, like, signature fingerprint-like pattern. And a spectrometer, more or less, like, tells you oh. which has which. So you can say, oh, that's hydrogen, because it's, yes. like, missing, like, a line of purple oh. and a line of blue or something like I that. I remember this. And we do this, actually, uh, for stars and planets to figure out what they're made of. Yep. Mm -hmm. But why? Why does that work? Why? Why? What's going on here? Uh, so this guy, um, I want to say his name is Worthington. It doesn't matter, because he's wrong. Came up with this idea known as the plum pudding model of the universe. <laughs> I, or of the atom, excuse me. I don't know why, but basically he's like, they knew that their positive thing, 
in atoms that had mass and that there were electrons in there with negative charge, but positive attracts negative. How does this work? He goes, what if it's like a big thing of plum pudding and you just have these electrons randomly distributed like raisins in plum pudding? And for whatever reason, physicists God. at the time were like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Delicious. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm down with the plum pudding model. Oh, I've got a better model for you. It's probably because they were sitting in a club eating pub pudding at the time. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah, certainly. God. I mean, when you're done, I've got a better model for you. Well, I mean, like, spoilers, but when you find out what it is, it's like, that's nothing like the plum pudding model. Like, what's the matter with you that you even thought this, you jerk? Um, so, they do this experiment where they fire electrons through gold foil thinking that what's going to happen is the electrons are going to hit some of the other electrons and they have like a little like detector thing around it. So you'll get like a kind of scatter effect as some get sort of slightly deflected, etc. Like a shotgun kind of effect, basically. Um, but what really happens is most of the electrons pass right through the gold as if it weren't even there. And the one, but some minor amount do get deflected and the ones that get deflected go all over the place. So they're like, what the hell? And this guy Rutherford says, I got this. What that means is atoms are mostly empty space, but electron with like electrons like buzzing around them, like in an orbit. And they're and the problem there being like, well, wait a second, like positive still attracts negative. And he's like, no, 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 maybe it's like the planets where it's this constant sort of free fall. It's never quite attracting. But motion is motion. It would still give off some kind of energy, which means all atoms would be like giving off light. And even if that weren't happened, that energy would be expelled somehow, meaning the orbit would get smaller and smaller until the proton and the electron uh, collided. But that doesn't happen. Why? And this guy, DeBoer, comes along and he goes, I know why. Because, motherfucker, what if matter is just like light and it has a particle wave nature and that it respects quanta the same way light does? And the electrons exhibit a certain orbit that they can't go above or below until they have an energy of activation that brings them to that. It has to be the quanta thing again. And he comes up with an experiment where he shoots electrons through mercury gas and basically turns up the, uh, elect the, vol the electron voltage. And if you look at the graph of it, it goes up and up as just the electrons go through unimpeded and he turns it up fine. Then all of a sudden it drops because out of nowhere, he passes the threshold to excite the electrons of the mercury gas into their next orbit. And instantaneously, the electrons just are in the next orbit, in the next quanta. That's a way cooler way of telling the story than is in your high school chemistry textbook as well. Well, well thank you. Um, <laughs> I wish they told it that way all the time. <laughs> Yo, right? I thought chemistry was the most... I hated my chemistry in high school class and all that stuff. It was terrible. Should have had me rant on a podcast about Steins Gate. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to write myself a text message to do that. In the test. <laughs> so, 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 seeing this analysis, not only was DeBoer right about... And that became the DeBoer model of the atom. Even like his prediction for how much electron volt you need to get electrons to a new orbit was correct... Einstein, seeing these results, remarked, it's so beautiful it makes you want to cry. Um, so, basically they're saying, wait a second here. If matter, like electrons, follow quanta, does that mean that, like light, it also has a particle wave effect? And how could that be? Like, it's not like you walk through a door and you diffract. And basically the answer is, in the math, mass is in the denominator of, of the equations, meaning like, and the scale is so large. It only really happens at very, very, very tiny, like, levels. Like, I don't know, you ever just walk home through the door after work and diffract? 
Right, you're just bigger and you start getting no, but like it's it, it <laughs> yeah, it basically it's like negligible is not even the word, you know. So like um, yeah. So that's that. So basically, the quantum observer effect then comes into play, which is then what they do is they do the double slit experiment now with electrons, and they see an interference pattern. Sure enough, just like it were as if it were a wave. And interestingly, they see the interference pattern even if they fire the fo- the electron one at a time. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes no sense because you'd need two waves to do it. So they add a detector in this experiment to see which slit the electrons are going through. Mm-hmm. But when you add a detector to it, suddenly you only get the particle effect of the electrons. It just passes through the slit. There's no interference pattern at all. This is my favorite part of the story. When you turn the detectors off, it exhibits the wave-like pattern again. I didn't get to this part, but they seem to have determined it's definitely not the detector fucking things up. Which I have to admit was, I was thinking, like, you're sure about that, right? You know, but yeah, apparently, for whatever reason, matter will exhibit, the electrons exhibit a wave-like nature if they are not being observed versus a particle one if they are. And here's the, this is one's really going to bake your fucking noodle. (laughs) This other experiment, they tried to detect it as right after it passed through the slit, like not during. And it turns out that, yeah, again, the same thing happens, but that seems to mean that somehow the particle, the electron, realized it was observed after the fact and changed from the waveform back into the particle. And now you might be asking, you might be asking, well, how can you, if you can't use a device to detect it, how can you detect the wave? They can detect, detect the effects of it. Like, they're not directly observing it. They're uh, observing something that it hit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, yeah, exactly. So, like, you can see, like, it's the same thing as the debo- or the test with the atom where, like, you can tell where the electrons hit after the fact. And you would expect it to shoot forward. But in interference pattern, you get, like, lines, kind of. Like, sort of thick lines because, again, like, some parts of the wave are canceling and some aren't. And it's, like, oscillating, you know? It's hard to, like, explain that visual sort of thing in a in this medium, but... That's that's kind of how it goes. Imagine the audiograph of us speaking right now. <laughs> All right, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, scientists reject retro causality. I believe where they're saying like it's not like cause and effect reverse. The electron went back in time and decided to be one. But the sort of notion that they're thinking right is that there's a quantum superposition, meaning all possibilities of the electron being a wave or a particle that went through one slit or a particle went through the other slit are all happening at once, kind of, and when you observe it, you effectively influence it to one of those possibilities. Right. And this is, like, the fundamentals of quantum mechanics. Like, this is, this is yes. what makes it. Yeah. Right. So, it, and, and, and it fucks you up, man, because that's a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So... Quanta, the quanta thing is why I, I'm on this tear of, I feel like your time travel change in Steins Gate has to be significant enough. <laughs> Going back to this to this video game that somebody else read the same stuff you read and wrote. Exactly, yes. No, but like, right? Like, what's happening is there's a big superposition of all possibilities, and once you send it into the past, now you pick one. Yeah. You've observed it. Yes. Sure. <laughs> then it implies that the current moment is the only observable moment, right? And that the past right. and future are equally, like, valuable. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So there you go, kids. That was your yeah. story time for this visual novel book club. Next time, we're going to finish chapter four. Yep. Until then, El Sai Kongru. El Sai Kongru. El Sai Kongru.